Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 245, and I'm calling it Ruthless Decluttering. The perks of re decluttering. And I'm talking about this because this is what I am kind of on a kick of doing right now. So, y'all know that I've done a whole lot of decluttering in my own home over the years. I um, have experienced the benefits. Our house is so much better off than it ever was before. I've done so much decluttering, but unfortunately, you're never actually done. And I've kind of gone on this kick of kind of tackling some spaces that have always given me fits. Basically, they just kind of tend to get re-decluttered. Thankfully, they're not visible spaces. But I am going back and I mean, I'm just experiencing the beauty of how when you've decluttered something before, and then you come back to it later, which you have to do, that's life. But when you come back to it later, and you re-declutter, it's so much easier than that first time, which experiencing that helps me in any decluttering because I know that if I don't get it right this time, it's going to be easier next time. Even if I leave something in here that I really should have gotten rid of, it's going to be easier for me to get rid of it next time. Now, I'm not just saying leave it in there because I'm lazy, but leave it in there because I'm like, I can't get rid of it. I just don't think I can live without it or whatever. It really is so much easier when you go back and it And this time I just felt so ruthless, like just powerful and like, I'm getting rid of that and I'm getting rid of that. And I just felt so heartless and it was lovely. Anyway, as someone who has, you know, felt like my own heart was physically being ripped out of my chest by decluttering, it was nice to feel ruthless and heartless. Is that bad? Anyway, whatever. Before we get started, let me tell you about our sponsor for this episode, PrepDish. PrepDish is a subscription-based meal planning service that is unique because along with the plan and recipes for the week, you get detailed instructions for doing all of your prep work for the week's meals in one session. So you could take a few hours on Saturday to do the prep work and make it possible to eat healthy home-cooked meals with minimal time and effort throughout the week, like actually home-cooked meals. You did all the work. You just did all the prep work that you could do ahead of time in one session where she's talked you through exactly how to do that. So I actually usually do it on Monday mornings, right after I pick up my grocery order for the week, right after I drop my daughter off for school. The system greatly increases the doability of feeding your family healthy meals. Included with your subscription, you get access to gluten-free meal plans and paleo meal plans each week. Allison, the founder and the chef behind Prep Dish, is offering listeners of A Slob Comes Clean a free two-week trial. Go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean to get your free trial. That's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay, so I'm talking about ruthless decluttering. And specifically, I'm going to talk about cleaning out my closet last weekend, although I'm recording this ahead. So it was two weekends ago, whatever. If you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen a little bit about it. My closet is a pain point for me. 
and I have been thinking about it as I've been talking about this podcast or, you know, going through making notes for it. I really do have notes usually for podcasts. I know sometimes it doesn't sound like it, but I do. Anyway, so for this, um, I was thinking about my closet and I was like, it just is one of those spaces that has consistently gotten out of control again and again. I'll work on it. It'll get out of control again. I'll work on it. I'll get out of control again. It will get out of control again. And y'all, that's my definition for clutter. That is the definition. And I did write the book, Decluttering at the Speed of Life. So I get to make up definitions for things. The definition for clutter is anything that consistently gets out of control. And so I had to apply that to myself and go, yeah, that's what's happening in my closet. I mean, I'm thankful that I have followed the visibility rule that it is my master bedroom closet that is the thing that still gets on my nerves when thankfully it's not my entryway like it used to be or my dining room like it used to be or the first things that people see when they come in my house. So yes, over time I have built momentum. I have made it through so much of my house and my living areas, the things that people see when they come into my house are pretty much under control. But the master bedroom closet was consistently getting out of control. And so I had to admit, not that I didn't know it, but I had to just remind myself, there's too much stuff in there. It doesn't need to be shifted around. It doesn't need to be rearranged. It needs to leave. Even though I felt like the whole entire closet was just full of important stuff because it's my storage space. You know, it's my closet. I am incredibly thankful, have not always had this, but you know, I have my own closet. My husband and I each have a closet in this house. So we have our master bathroom. There's a bathtub in the middle. And then on either side of the bathtub is a walk-in closet. So he has his own closet. I have my own closet. I'm very thankful for that but my closet was out of control. And I think sometimes because it's like, I don't know what to do with this. I got to put it in my own container. And so I would go put it in my closet. As things would get out of control, I would throw it in my closet. So anyway, I had to tackle that. Um, And I had to accept my own definition of clutter and realize I needed to get stuff actually out, actually out of there. Here's a question that I do get a lot. Some people will say, but I really want to clean out my closet. And I know that doesn't fit the visibility rule. Can you clean out a closet if there's clutter in your dining room? Y'all, I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. I I mean, really do whatever you want to do. The reason I focus on the visibility rule, the reason I push the visibility rule, and I have multiple podcasts about the visibility rule, is that not following the visibility rule, partly because I didn't know it was a rule and I didn't, I hadn't made it up yet and I hadn't written the books yet and all that kind of stuff. But when I was not following the visibility rule, when I would look at my entire house being out of control and start in the master bedroom closet and do all that work and get it perfect, but then the rest of my house was out of control. I didn't understand why I wasn't making any real progress. I didn't understand why I could never gain momentum. And when I realized I need to start in the most visible spaces, that was when I finally started making real visible progress in my home. I'm not going to go into the visibility rule that much this week because I have so many other things where I've talked about it. And that's not really what we're talking about today. But my point is, sure, declutter your master bedroom closet. Great. I mean, I mean you know, it, there's nothing, any, anytime you get stuff out of your house, you're doing great. 
But if you are consistently frustrated because you feel like I declutter and my house as a whole doesn't feel any better, it's probably because you're starting in the master bedroom closet while there's clutter everywhere else in your house. Okay. And so your house doesn't actually look any better because the master bedroom closet's not the first thing that you see or not thing that anybody sees necessarily. You know, believe me, I could keep the the door closed, which is why I was able to let it stay bad. But the other thing too, and I think this is part of the reason why my master bedroom closet was probably extra out of control was that, um, you know, as I worked in the visibility, and I'm not, I'm not saying it was bad to work in the visible spaces, but as I worked in visible spaces and I got rid of stuff and I made sure, you know, I, I was really trying for every single thing to have a real home. Sometimes I would put stuff in the master bedroom closet because it was like, okay, well that, you know, if this is something that I would store and this is my personal storage space, then it's going to go in there. Okay. And then over time that ended up having too much stuff in it. And that's why I was dealing with it this week. But by having decluttered all of my um, visible spaces first, and then dealing with the master bedroom closet, I wasn't shifting stuff back into random spaces in my house. Does that make sense? Because I knew for sure this was my last resort. This was my last space. There really is no other place for things to go. If they're not going to go in here, if they don't have a place in here, and it's my personal stuff that I just really wanted to keep, then I simply don't have room for it in my house. That's the container concept. If there's not room for it in the master bedroom closet, I've already decluttered the visible spaces in my home. And I know I don't want this going in those visible spaces because I really like those visible spaces actually being under control and decluttered. And so this was my last resort. So it's just got to go. Okay. So declutter your closet if you want to. I don't care. But if you are wondering why you can't gain momentum, why you can't actually make a real impact in your home overall, know that the visibility rule is where to start. Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. So yes, I have cleaned out this closet so many times. The last few times I've done it have mostly just been a little decluttering and restraining. So this was my first like super deep, crazy decluttering that I had done in there in probably several years, honestly. So other times that I had done it, I was just like, I got to get this floor walk-inable, you know, because <laughs> it's hard to have a walk-in closet where the racks of clothes are far enough away that you really need to walk to be able to get to them and not be able to walk into it. So yeah, that, that was what I, where I was at this week, uh, was really focusing on actually decluttering, not just straightening up, not just making it a little bit better, which those things have tons of value. And every time I did them, I was always so glad I did them, but this was like a dive in and do it. So what was it that made me be able to be ruthless. Well, some of it was, I was so tired of it getting out of control again and again and again. And so I was like, I don't want it to get out of control anymore. Not that I can guarantee it won't ever again, but I'm like, if stuff is actually gone, it does not exist in the universe of my closet to fall back on the floor at some point. And so I just said, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be crazy ruthless here. And that's when my accent comes out. Anyway, um, there were things that clearly I thought were storage worthy. Um, you know, if that's my storage space for my, for me personally, I thought that the things that I had left in there at some point were storage worthy. 
And now, because I was re-decluttering, I was able to go, oh yeah, no, those weren't worth storing. Okay, I would rather have this be a walk-inable closet than keep this random item, okay? Also, just the fact of time. I mean, there were things I had stored that simply my kids had grown out of in the time that I had stored them in that space. Okay. Those were duh donations. Okay. That's one of the steps in my process is giving myself permission to not analyze and just go, oh yeah, that needs to go in the donate box. Okay. And I would say a lot of the stuff that went into my donate box was stuff that my kids had just grown out of, or that our family had grown out of that I went, okay, I did store this probably shouldn't have not going to beat myself up over that, but I'm going to admit that, yeah, we've passed whatever point in our life when we would have used this. Too bad I didn't know it was here. Whatever. Um, anyway, so I am was getting rid of a lot of that stuff. Some other things that I just got ruthless about and I said, I'm done. I'm not dealing with this ever again. One was skirt hangers. I decided I'm done with skirt hangers. Why? First of all, I don't wear a whole lot of skirts. I think I might have three or four. I also got rid of some skirts. <laughs> anyway, I decided I'm done with skirt hangers. I They get on my nerves. I have my velvet hangers that I love. I would rather fold a skirt over a velvet hanger than pinch in the little, what are they called? Like a clothespin thing that are on skirt hangers. If you don't know what skirt hangers are, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal to know because anyway, but a lot of times I would get those when I bought a pair of pants or a skirt or something. And I guess you could call them pant hangers too. For those of y'all in um, other parts of the world, when we say pants, we mean trousers. I don't mean that I hang up my underwear in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me laugh. Okay. And those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, people in other parts of the world, like the UK, will call underwear pants. And so that can cause confusion when you start talking about not wearing, you know, like not wearing pants and and they think you're saying you're going commando. Anyway, I'm sorry if that was inappropriate, but it just, all of a sudden I got this visual picture of me being somebody who actually like hung up every pair of underwear and it just made me laugh. Okay, back to things that matter. Um, But I did, I got rid of all of those little squeezy hangers because I don't like them. I I don't like them. They always are hanging funky and weird in my closet. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to get rid of all of these. Do you know how freeing it was to just be that ruthless and say, these are all gone. I'm done with these. I'm not worrying about them ever again. And making that decision. It's kind of like the decision that I made years ago, which is going to be related to some other stuff I'm going to say in a minute, to not keep used, um, what's that stuff? Tissue paper for, for gift wrapping. I have been at many a baby shower where we smoothed out that tissue paper and kept it. And I kept it for years. And then I would end up not using it because it was dusty and kind of wrinkled and old looking, and I didn't want to wrap a gift with that. And so I finally went, I'm not going to keep that stuff anymore. Oh, and it just freed me from ever having to deal with that type of clutter again. I'm hoping that I can remember as I bring stuff home from the store, that I don't keep those anymore. I'm, I'm just not doing it. And that was was a nice thing to be able to get rid of. 
And those are also things that just tend to fall onto the floor all the time. I picked a lot of them up off of the floor. Um, other things uh, that I found, I found an old camera bag, a really pretty nice camera bag from a nice camera that I used to have. Um, but that camera got messed up at some point. I think I took it on a trip and it got jammed or something like that in my luggage in this camera bag, which means the camera bag probably wasn't that great, but whatever. And this old camera bag, there was no camera in it. There was no supplies in it. And I went, you know what? All my camera equipment now has a real actual place. I know exactly where it is. When I need camera related stuff, that's where I go. And it's not in this closet. But clearly at some point I had thought that the closet was where I would store my camera and I'd put the camera bag there. But now I know, and I feel confident in where I keep my cameras. And so I got rid of that camera bag because I said all of my camera stuff, because the visible areas of my home are under control. I can say with confidence that all my camera stuff is in the camera place. And it's all doing just fine without this random old camera bag. And so it freed me to get rid of it. Where before, I'm sure I kept it because I thought, no, this is so useful. It's a useful thing. I should probably keep it. And instead now, because I'm re-decluttering, I have a different perspective on it. And I'm like, okay, from whenever I thought that to now, I haven't needed this particular camera bag. It can go it's a nice thing to donate because guess what? Somebody's going to be excited to find that camera bag when they go to the thrift store. Um, other camera stuff that now has a place, some of it I went, oh, well now I know for a fact where I look for my camera stuff. So I took it there right then. And some of it, I started to take it there and went, yeah, I don't actually need this anymore. Like it, it's, this camera space and it's, it's like a little, when my mother-in-law passed away, she had had this little, um, closet, like a, it's a piece of furniture, but it's a little closet that she and my father-in-law had had since they first got married. And it's a cute little thing. And it fit perfectly into a little space in my master bedroom. And I have all my travel and camera stuff in there. And it is stuff that used to not have a place to go. And now it does. And it's nice and contained. Um, but as I took this ca- random camera stuff to that place, I went, oh, wait, this isn't container worthy. You know, this is going to take up space in this camera and travel stuff space container that I don't want to give to it. It's not actually worthy of taking up space in there. And so I'm just going to donate it. Okay. And that's how the container concept, which is, you know, a defined space can only hold so much stuff. And so I, you know, the stuff I like the most stuff I use the most deserves space in that container more than anything else. And so I get rid of whatever doesn't fit. That mindset shift helps me be able to get rid of some stuff where before I was like, Oh, I should just keep it. And so I stuck it in my master bedroom closet. Other things. And this one was just kind of funny. But it's where time makes it easier to declutter. Um, and that is accompaniment tapes. Now, those of you who like didn't go to church in the 1900s <laughs> or went to church, but went to like a big fancy church, which I did not. Um, but any of y'all who went to little churches in the 1900s might know what accompaniment tapes are. And that is when they would have the rotation of people to do special music 
you know, sing a solo on Sunday morning. Um, we would, those of us who did that and were on the rotation, we would always go to the little Christian music store and we would find accompaniment tapes. And so they were like actual cassette tapes of background music for songs. I can remember deciding to keep an entire box full. I can remember multiple times of deciding to keep this certain box full of accompaniment tapes. I am pretty sure the first time I kept it was, you know, we had moved somewhere where they really didn't do that at that church. You know, it was a much bigger church with an orchestra and stuff like that. And they didn't plug in people's tapes for them to sing a solo. That's just not how things worked. The second time, I'm pretty sure life had moved on to CDs and maybe the beginning of digital background stuff. And I went, uh, but I might, I might need this at some point in my life. And those things were expensive. They were like 20 bucks a piece back when we bought them. So I thought, oh, you know, maybe I, well, now I looked at this thing and I mean, I didn't find a single thing that didn't make me laugh to think of it. First of all, the songs were all ones that were You'd look like an old, I'd look like a 46 year old woman, which I am to get up there and sing these particular songs. Not that my church even does that. And now the reality is you can find the karaoke version online and have zero actual physical space taken up in your house. So it's just funny to me because I could, I could look at this box full of money that I had spent in the past also memories and time because, oh my goodness, the time it took to find the song that actually fit your voice that you actually liked, blah, blah, blah. But I can remember the angst that I felt other times when I decided to keep that box full of accompaniment tapes. And this time I felt no angst because of time. I had kept it. Should I have kept it? Technically, probably not. Because in all that time, I had never gone looking for those. I had never needed any of them. If I had needed something or when I've needed something, which I never needed any of those songs, but when I did, I just went and got something off, you know, online. Should I have kept it? No, of course not. Did I survive because I did? Yeah, I'm fine. But this time it was so incredibly easy to go. Yeah, I don't need these things. And I think, honestly, I think I threw them away. I can't remember for sure but I think I threw them away. I threw away a lot of stuff anyway, because I was like, this isn't even really donation worthy because it's just obsolete and out of date and it's not a thing anymore. Okay. Um, oh, other things. Here's something I did. I made a decision to declutter all but one small, like small enough to fit on an upper shelf. So it didn't have to be down on the ground where things kept getting out of control. Cause I used to have like a little corner of my closet that I called my gift wrapping gift supplies corner, except that it was constantly getting out of control, which means it was clutter. It had too much in it. It was not working. No matter how many times I had, every time I would declutter my closet in the past, I would just kind of straighten up that area, put it all back together. And it just didn't work for me. It was over my clutter threshold. It was over what I personally could handle. So I said, I am going to admit that as much as I would like to never have to buy a gift bag because I'm so great at recycling them, um, I generally can't get to this corner 
it's never under control. So I kind of randomly put something there and then something else gets put on top of it. And then it get wrinkled, gets wrinkled and I never end up getting to use it. And I just have to admit that I personally cannot handle that. A lot of people could, I can't. So I kept one small, very nice bag and put whatever other small, very nice bags, which included an entire package of Christmas gift bags that I had never used. I don't even know why I bought them, but I kept one bag and it fits neatly, has a space in the container where nothing else goes up on my closet, uh, not on my closet, my shelf in the closet. Okay. So I got rid of a ton of bags. And once I decided that I am only going to keep this one small bag that fits in this one spot that's not in a place where other things are going to get piled on top of it. Once I decided that, then as I kept working through the closet and I came across bag after bag after wrinkled bag, it was a no brainer. Like all those things became easy stuff. Where before in all the other times I thought, oh, well, what if I keep this? You know, I, maybe I should keep this. And oh, you know, for when the kids give each other presents or blah, blah. I just decided I can't do it. I can't handle it. It's over my clutter threshold. I'm done. I can't do that. And so I just got ruthless and I threw away so many old tattered bags. Okay. Um, I also decluttered wrapping paper. I had, let's see, over Christmas, Usually at Christmas, my best friend and I um, meet and she lives like an hour away and we meet and go Christmas shopping. That's like one of our things that we do before Christmas is we meet and do a day of Christmas shopping. And part of that, especially now that we order a lot of stuff online, part of that is going to Hobby Lobby and I'll get stuff from my husband's office people and I will also buy wrapping paper for that year. And so I had the leftover wrapping paper for this year of what I just bought in December. And there was just enough to make me feel like I should keep it. But it wasn't actually enough to cover another year. So I was going to have to buy more wrapping paper anyway, next year, and then it was going to have a little bit left over at the end. And I just decided these things keep falling over. And every time they fall over, they get a little bit more wrinkled, and they get a little bit less usable. I'm getting rid of them. I just made the decision to be ruthless and say, I'm not keeping this. I think I donated that. I'm not for sure. I can't remember. Anyway, but I did donate several. uh, Once I made that decision, I was able to look at several unopened rolls of wrapping paper, several that would have been great for weddings, except that I know for sure I have over the past couple of years gotten to where when I buy a wedding present, I go buy a small roll of wrapping paper or a special gift bag for that present right then. I don't go, Oh, I could save three bucks if I go home and see what I have. No, I don't even think about doing that. I'm just like, no, I'm just going to buy it right now because it just is easier. And so those were complete. I mean, they were still in the plastic wrap. So I stuck those in the donate box, you know, let somebody else have that. But that let me just be ruthless instead of thinking of all the, well, what if I ever, no, I simply cannot handle it. This closet's getting out of control. What are some entire categories of things that I can say, I don't keep that anymore. Am I going to regret this? 
there's a really high chance that at some point I'm going to be like, oh, I've got wrapping paper for wedding presents at home and I'm going to come home and then I'm not going to have it and then I'm going to have to run out. But whatever, I'll live, I'll eventually survive and my closet is so much better off and so much more usable. Now, ask my husband. He's super impressed with it. Okay. Um. Oh, other things that I did. I decided if the place that I have had for it in the past has been the floor of my closet, it it can't do that. It has to either fit up onto the shelf, which made me willing to get rid of some things that were on shelves because I thought, no, this deserves to be here. And so it needs a space on the shelf, not on the floor. And since it needs a space on the shelf, what on these shelves am I willing to get rid of to make space for this thing that I do want to keep? Or if the only space I could justify for it was the floor, it made me go, oh, well, then it's not that important. Because the closet itself is a container. And a walk-in closet that's a container has to have the open space with nothing in it for me me to be able to walk in. And then each shelf, each closet rod, each part of the closet is its own container within that overall container of being a closet. There's podcasts on the container concept if you want to dive into that. Or it's also in uh, Decluttering at the Speed of Life. I go into an explanation of exactly how the container concept works. Uh, But that right there was very freeing to say nothing goes on the floor unless it has like there is a um, contained box for my out of season shoes. Okay, but that's it's not just oh, out of season shoes go in the closet. No, they go in this one box that goes in this one spot. And if it goes, you know, if I have more shoes than will fit in there, then I have too many out of season shoes. I'm just not one of those people who has a shoe box for everything. Now I did find a shoe box for a size three pair of tennis shoes. My boys wear like 12 and a half, 13. I think one of them wears. Do you know how long it's been since we have had someone in this house who could wear a size three tennis shoe? That's some time passage awareness disorder kicking in right there. Anyway, so yeah, I couldn't believe I had found that wonderful, amazing box. Obviously had been there for a really long time. Uh, But for other, another thing that I did was um, I love these little hooks that screw in. I bought a package of them on Amazon. I think it's been a year and a half ago. I use those things all the time. And so like my backpack that I look for in my closet that goes in my closet. I don't use it all the time, but I use it a lot. Meaning every time I travel or whenever I need a backpack, I need that thing, but I don't use it every day. But I screwed one of those hooks into the wall in my closet and I hung up that backpack and I went, why have I not done this before? What is wrong with me? Anyway, I did that for that. And it seems like there was something else that I also hung up on the wall, but you know, that gave it an actual definite spot within the container. Make sense? Okay. So that is basically all I was going to say in my notes. I really did have notes. I know it was rambly, but I had notes. Here's the thing that gives me hope because I know from experience that it's true. Having gotten rid of a big old donation box, like full past the top with donations, plus my husband was so proud of me, four bags of trash. Now, were they things that everybody everywhere would consider trash? No. But knowing 
that some of these things were just not even donation worthy anymore. I don't know why I kept it, whatever, all that, those gift bags and things like that. Um, the box full of, of accompaniment tapes, all that. I got rid of four bags of trash and the big old donation box. And as I did that, I know from experience, those are things that can never end up on the floor in my closet again. That's basic physics. I think is physics, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's reality. If those things are out of my house, they cannot end up on the floor of my closet again, which gives me so much hope for my closet. Not that things can't get out of control again, but that much stuff being gone out forever is that much longer that my closet can go without having those things fall off of a shelf or get pulled out of something and then lay on the floor and then cause that much problem. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Once you start to experience that beauty of decluttering means things are gone and I will never have to deal with them or think about them or touch with them or pick them up again. It's, it kind of encourages that ruthlessness because it's like, I'm going to get rid of this thing because then I never have to think about it again. And it's lovely. Okay. Um, I hope that was helpful in some way. I would love to hear about your experiences with ruthlessness and how re-decluttering makes it so much easier. I would just love to hear about it. So anyway, give me, um, leave a comment over on the blog and, uh, thanks for listening and I will talk to you guys later. Bye.